Welcome to EM Healing, which is hosted by myself, Mahatma Star Seed. And when you dive into our episodes, you are going to be inspired to grow, to shift, to reflect on your inner wealth. If you are looking to find a new way of living, you have found it. So enjoy this wonderful episode that we're tuning into right now. Hello, great day. This is Mahatma Starzi. Thank you for tuning in to EM Healing. I am so excited about today's episode. We have a guest tuning in all the way from Australia, Sharna. And I'm going to let her introduce herself. Please share with the audience who you are. Welcome. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Shana Southern. I am the founder of the Institute of Healing through Pregnancy Loss. Um, I am also a mom to a toddler. Um, I experienced pregnancy loss myself um so essentially the whole reason behind me starting my business was to provide support uh and empower women through uh their pregnancy loss um and their life afterwards so yeah um i'm also a business owner with my husband um we own a little um supermarket as well and plan to travel soon so which is a little bit about me beautiful beautiful well thank you very much for sharing with the audience who you are you know it'd be a good time for me to share with the audience a little bit more about who i am it's been a while since i've shared i am a holistic tantra coach i help individuals awaken to their self aka self-realized engagements is what I support and I just wanted to say thank you uh and that's just a little bit of a tidbit of who I am I just wanted to throw in a little bit of pizzazz um but I (laughs) I definitely wanted to say thank you for coming onto the show today and sharing space this season is uh we're really highlighting how we can bond with healing through our situations and take it another step further. The first two seasons, we've been just really focusing on uh, the different modalities of healing. <clears throat> and now, uh, you know, spirit's pushing me to take it a little bit more deeper and uh, highlight the fact that we are allowing ourselves to bond more with these healing experiences so that we can feel the benefit much more quicker or um, with more uh, clarity per se. Because sometimes, you know, people get blessed right after something horrific and they don't have enough clarity to see that blessing. So, you know, having these kind of conversations is really pivotal for us as a collective, as a community to be able to open up 
this uh, this conversation. So thank you very much for you know being vulnerable about about your story uh, enough for it to provide you strength to to be able to give this and and coach and and teach others how they can implement uh, more ways to address the fears and pent up emotions that others often feel through pregnancy loss because you know sometimes the mom not just the mom who's holding the child is going to feel it but the others in the family as well and uh, I want to highlight that for our family members because this is really a community uh, it's a community affair and we want to see how we can be more involved on the multiple platforms and not just in the home basis you know Mm. yeah I'm just nodding away to everything that you've been saying (laughs) um and I I like that you you mentioned as well bringing in other people like bringing in the community um and family members as well into the the healing process because it's it's absolutely the woman that's going to be feeling a well, they had the connection to the baby. So the, the grief is going to be different, but every like the male in the partnership, or if it was another female and the other family members and extended family and community are going to feel that grief as well. Um, it just going, it's, it will look different. Yeah, definitely a hundred percent different in, uh, in, in all of the different realms, you know, because, you know, it depends on where it is that people are experiencing loss. At. And I know you were sharing with me before how when when people create a, a new life, how those are often the times that they're actually met with the emotion. So in your practice, as you came along, especially with your own development, what was one of the leading things that... Uh, that you were able to realize was your biggest red flag that you needed to address. Like you, like it was like time, like to address the situation of the emotions that were coming out for you. Uh, Am I asking the question clear enough? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just had to wait for it for you to finish it because I was like, "Mm, I don't know where that's going, but yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I can understand where you were. (laughs) That's clear. (laughs) Um, yeah, so within, uh, cause I know a lot of women feel like they can't grieve or they're not allowed to grieve, um, the loss of a baby, especially if it is early. Um, and for myself, because I, I lost my dad, my dad passed away when I was 19. I kind of knew what the, I guess the grieving process was. Um, and after I experienced our pregnancy loss I I could um I guess acknowledge what was coming up but it wasn't until um I was starting to really slip into um I guess depression that um, my husband kind of pointed it out um lovingly but as much as I didn't want to I didn't want to acknowledge it Mm. um that that was the road that I was heading down um, cause I did do, I, I experienced depression when uh, my dad passed away. I, I wanted to live in the past. I wanted to live 
as if he was still alive. And as much as, you know, I guess it could be comforting, it's not actually allowing you to, to start your healing process. So I think for me, um, I hit rock bottom. That was my kind of, I guess, emotional rock bottom. I started to, everything started to feel too heavy. Um, and I knew at that point I needed to start to work through what I was feeling. I needed to start to release that heaviness and start to process the emotions and start to process, you know, what my thoughts were as well. Um, really, I guess, introspect at that point and really uh, figure out what it was that I wanted um, and where I was currently and how I needed to move through that to get to where I wanted to be. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, the question that's coming up for me is like, is how long did the grieving process take for you? And, and I, cause I know the grieving process, I believe happens like in three or five steps, they say. So, yeah. So like how long, mm. was, like, cause you know, the pregnancy loss is like, that's definitely another road that a lot of people don't go down. So it's, it's, it, it's very undefined, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a lot of, uh, I guess misconception in society too is how they expect women to grieve uh, or that they shouldn't grieve at all. Mm. Um, so, you know, it took, I'd say probably a good five weeks just for my mental health to come to a point where I could acknowledge what was going on. Um, but in saying that, it's not like the steps of the grief grieving process. So there's like the um, Kubler-Ross model of grief, which is like five, there's five um, steps to a grieving process, but it's not going to go in that order. It's not going to be, you know, you move from, you know, stage one, two, three, four, five. It's going to just be, it's not linear. It's going to be all over the place one day you might be okay. The next day you might be melting down um, or feeling numb and in denial and, you know, and then one day you might feel acceptance. Um, but I just allowed myself to feel whatever it was that came up for me that day for the first, you know, probably couple of weeks. I was in denial. I was in shock. I was numb. Um, I was crying I, and then I felt like I couldn't cry anymore. I felt like there was no tears left. And it's just that um, I think just acknowledging this, what, what the steps are of the grieving process, but also that each day is going to be completely different. You're not going to come, come to the acceptance stage of grief and then it all be okay. Um, you will still have days where you'll fall back into, um, you know, you might get triggered and the emotions come back up again. Um, you know, my dad passed away when I was 19. So that's a hell of a long time ago and I still grieve today. And 
just to know that grief can coexist with your life. If you're happy, you're allowed to be happy and you're allowed to be grieving. It doesn't, it doesn't sort of cancel anything out. Um, And, you know, I could, you know, I say that I was, you know, okay after, okay to a point after about five weeks, but, you know, some women could be in that, that, that space for years or they could be in that space for a shorter period of time. Like it doesn't really, it's, it's so hard to sort of say one person is going to do this, 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 and then just be okay. Um, I think it's more just honouring your emotions and really just embracing that part of you and loving on that part of you that comes because it's coming to you for a reason. It's coming to you to be seen and it's coming to you to be expressed um, and not be ignored or suppressed. I hope that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah, I I like to write notes. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like reviewing what I wrote. Crazily Crazily writing while I'm talking. And, um, you know, it, it, for one, it makes it easier for me to offer the information to the audience before they actually dive into the audio. And Mm. then, and two, it really helps me to keep up with, you know, what, amazing information my co-hosts are sharing with me (laughs) (laughs) sounds yeah sounds good (laughs) yes and I was you know I was re like I'm writing this and it's you know it's it's true like society does press upon us how uh grieving should go and and that can um that can hold up our authentic grieving process because mm. of how how much we engage with society uh, and and that could really um, cause more pent-up emotions than we really desire to experience and that's that's one of the reasons why I want to bring this you know this conversation forward for where we can look at it to where we can bond with these experiences um, when I go out on the road with my healing partner, we we definitely go um, on our Jesus walk. We like to say, because we go and speak to whomever, whatever local we come in contact with. And we, and we, we break bread with them. We give them a uh, high conscious conversation. And one of the, co- the comments that came and unfolded from it was that if we spend time, telling our emotions that they don't belong Mm. our emotions are going to show up at times where they don't belong because that's where you're telling them that they don't that they belong like you don't belong here tells them that this is where they belong in the do not belong place in this experience (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we start to practice to make these these experiences belong like that this emotion is a part of this situation, then we get to transition instead of have a resistance. Mm. And uh, I I really like the way that that's unfolding for me because like, that's what my last episode that I was recording, 
with my previous guests, we were talking about resistance and transition. And, you know, Kim had brought up a great, uh, a great understanding of learning, of, of learning to see things of how we can float through life instead of looking to run through it. Mm. And, uh, you know, I already tell people already that we don't give us as, uh, as the, the, the bearer of a child enough space to even properly be, be in a mental space to carry a child and the experience because it's, it is very up in the air, just like our everyday life is a chance by God until that baby's body meets the sun light, the baby's life is still up in the air with our life as well. Mm -hmm. So having like addressing these issues of fear that, that women do experience because some people won't tell, talk about having a baby until they're six months. Yeah. Because of that fear of pregnancy loss. So now we have people that haven't even lost a baby experience fear of sharing the the celebration of a baby because maybe someone else lost a baby and they don't want to overshadow them or maybe they're concerned that they could lose the baby because the other person recently lose, lost the baby. Mm. And so I bring that up because I know that you are working on teaching these modalities. How, um, what do you see the disconnect has been that you that, or the gap that you've been feeling as you've stepped into this world now that you've experienced the pregnancy loss and you know that there's a space that needs to be filled for those experiences yeah so um there was absolutely a lack of um uh, mental health awareness and physical like physical support after pregnancy loss so um and it, it actually it has a massive uh, ripple effect through your whole entire life it affects like every single aspect of your life so you know what I like to focus on what I like to bring awareness to is um how your thoughts and emotions if they aren't acknowledged like in the end like you said before if they aren't if they're suppressed and potentially told that that's not the place for them to show up that it actually has a physical effect on you and it may not show straight away but it will show in different areas of your life and it will also show physically um, in your body as well um where I sort of believe like a lot of there's still with society, there's still a lot of stigma around pregnancy loss and around women uh, feeling open to share their story. Um, there's a lot of women, uh, it's like 43% of women won't actually say to anyone, even family that they have experienced uh, pregnancy loss. Um, so there's a lot of women that are actually walking around with unhealed emotions and unhealed trauma and taking, it, taking that through their day-to-day -day life 
um, whether that's into work, um, whether that is into a following pregnancy. Um, and like I said to you earlier, like if it is into a following pregnancy, there is so much unhealed um, emotion and fear that is going to be taken into that pregnancy that would potentially prevent a woman from bonding with her baby in the pregnancy. Um, the fear can be debilitating and will, you know, can stop them enjoying that pregnancy and potentially bonding with the baby afterwards. Um, and that fear of losing them, you know, after they're born as well can be debilitating and can cause sort of attachment issues as well. So there's, um, you know, definitely the space that the gap that I know that is, is, is missing is that initial mental health uh, support and a safe space for women to actually know that what they are feeling is okay to feel and they can they can tell their story they can tell people that you know what they're feeling they can they can grieve they can be open and you know with my with both my pregnancies the one that we the first one that we lost and with the with our second pregnancy as well i did tell people in the first trimester that we were pregnant and i don't believe in waiting to the second trimester or waiting till you're pretty much about to give birth mm -hmm. to to be able to tell people of your pregnancy I, you know if you you know we need the support of people around us we need the understanding of people around us and I think that is missing too is people that really understand and can hold space for you when you know it all does go wrong um and they you do need someone to help you and support support you through that. Um, but even like the what I had to tell my boss was, you know, um, that I was pregnant, but I lost it. And, you know, that's a really hard statement to say to someone. And if you don't, if you don't sort of tell anyone anything, right, you don't, you'll, you will avoid that. And, you then you will um, carry all of that heaviness with you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You hit a a solid point right there, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just weighing on that because you know, yeah, it it does matter. Like we're not saying to tell the world but we definitely want to let a couple of people in because we mm. lose things so much easier by being secluded or exclusive and yeah. maybe we should be more exclusive or um, inclusive before we start creating more magical things around ourselves and make sure the people that are around us before that should be around us. If we, if we don't want someone to be around our baby, why should they even be around us? Period. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, those are like those mental processes that like, you're right. Like that's a gap that's not being filled. Mm.
And when we open up our minds to seeing the possibilities, you know, the the fact that you said the gap is mental health and I'm a huge mental health advocate and yeah. I feel like it, there's too many pages of list of uh, uh, diagnosis under mental health that people are experiencing. Yeah. That mental health across the board is what is ultimately driving a lot of these scenarios mm. to happen more and more prevalently in our communities. And so thank you. I appreciate you for, you know, having this conversation and speaking about it because mental health is something that is thrown under the rug every single mm-hmm. day and we minimalize family support to even when someone passes away i think that like i think that they don't even give you space to go to, i think to your grandparents funeral like like you only yes. have you only have space to go to your parents' funeral. And it's like, what about everyone else in my family? Like, they all yeah. matter. You know, mm. like, what if someone, like, your sister, you know, loses a baby? I, I don't get time off to go and console my my sister for, for losing this child, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's just so minimalized. And it's, like, I guess, and it's still stigmatized regardless of, what your experience you've been through and what mental health that you are experiencing there like it is it's valid like what you're going through what you're feeling is valid and um you know there's still so much shame if you say to someone that you're experiencing depression and shame around you know so much to do with mental health um and especially with with pregnancy loss there's deep shame that, you know, our body has failed us and you, you can't tell anyone or, or you are experiencing depression or you're experiencing anxiety because you have this fear, everything in your life going wrong because this one situation, this one experience has gone wrong, but it then just, it, it um, projects out onto every single other place in your life. And you feel like, well, I failed at that. The rest of my life is is going to go the same way. Um, and there's just, the, you feel like you can't tell anyone because people will judge you. But that's where I need to, I need to create this shift. I need to create more more women that will hold space for women. That's that have where Sharna comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yes Sharna to save the day <laughs> I can see you with like your your cape you know like a little yep. cape <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> standing on top of a mountain <laughs> right with your sprinkles on your face and everything you know like yeah. we're here to sprinkle up this situation <laughs> yes and and know that this this too shall pass. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, that needs to be said by uh, a really positive person. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this yes. can't be said by just Mr. Bean or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, just, yeah, but stop talking now. But, yeah. <laughs> yes, it has to be said. And it has, yeah, you have to, it has to be said in the right way, too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm excited that you, you know, I know that you said that you've been doing some teachings and um, what do you feel like was the highlight of, of your empowerment? Like once you were able to uh, really start addressing these emotions that you were experiencing and the fear of sharing, uh, what, mm-hmm. what turned around for you? I, I, it's, sound a bit but I was absolutely and I ended up really um having intense like gratitude for myself and for my life and what I had been through as horrible and as soul shattering as it was wasn't put on my path to to hurt me or to stop me it was put on my path to empower me so I, um, I was able to look at my pregnancy loss in a completely different light and I was able to, well, in the end, like from to where I am now, I was able to find my meaning and purpose within. I mean, meaning and purpose within my loss. I, I will never know why I experienced my loss. There will be never, I will never have a reason for that, but what I went through, what I was able to grow through um, has given me my life's purpose. Well, that sounds like an amazing gift that your baby in heaven gave you. Yeah. Amazing. And I think, I thank him or her like <laughs> every, every day they, they literally I don't know what gender it was because it was it was quite early, but they changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. Um, they really, you know, sort of <laughs> knocked me off the the path that I was on because I was unhappy and put me into a space where, you know, I can find my joy like all the time. That's um. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And I, I know that's something that it took a lot of work for you to get there. And I commend mm-hmm. you for doing the work because, you know, uh, some people don't get there that easily. And uh, I, one of my first, like one of my first clients when I was learning to be a coach was a mom who lost their nine-year-old yeah. to a fight with... Um, heart he had a heart issue and you know I know well I for I I can see and I felt what that felt like so mm. being able to see, to to know like uh there's more females out there that have the determination to know that there's more out there um because mm. she also had an older daughter that was still here and still alive and still needed a mom. Yeah. You know? 
And uh, I, I like to think that I like to think and think, you know, that, you know, <laughs> I, I have part in being able to support that shift because you're right. Like the gap is real. The gap is real. And mm. um, I was able to, you know, really support her in the first six months uh, because when I say she came, like it happened right around the time that I was literally just finishing up my coaching um, certificate and I needed to be able to practice with someone um, through and through so that I knew mm. how to, you know, to, to administer my program. And, you know, she and she was willing to to go through it because she had, you know, it. I think it was uh, probably just four months since he passed away and um it was really eating her up and it ate her up for a while too and and I'm and it's mm. pretty sure that it still um uh affects her to this day because like you said you know grieving is something that there's no there's no cutoff date but she is no. doing a lot more better a lot more better mm. And she's moved. She's she's um, moved to another place, and she's she's has her bond with her older daughter, and um, and created another purpose for herself. And and I'm happy that I was there to to offer that mental support. And and I know that it's so much needed. And and to be able to get the family on board as well, so that they know how to be able to um, really just be a little bit of a, you know, a shoulder to cry on much more earlier mm-hmm. on is what I have seen could be m- more uh, empowering. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To have that support around you, you know, from the start and have that space like that you can show, you can show your emotion. Um, and have people around you that aren't going to, you know, give their opinions or try and fix you. You just need that person or people around you that will give you the space to be able to feel what you've got to feel and move through that and know that you're allowed to feel it, not that they're going to sit there and tell you that you can't. Right. So what do you feel like you do now what what do you feel like you do that's new, like a new routine or ritual that you do now that helps you to be better prepared? Because I know that you're a mom as well. So how how are you empowering yourself um, and preparing uh, others to be more mindful? Yeah, I think that's, that's the key is to be mindful. Um, I am terrible at routines. <laughs> So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I do like this morning yoga routine and (laughs) journaling and everything. (laughs) I can do it for about a week and then I I fall off the bandwagon. So, (laughs) but what I like to do is um, be mindful in the moments that actually your potential um, trigger or emotion, or if you're feeling just tight in the chest and, you're just having this like physical kind of response and you don't know what's going on, giving yourself the space in that moment to really understand yourself. Um, if it is that, you know, you're feeling fear in that moment, like what is it? What, 
look to understand the emotions that are coming up. So that's what I pretty much do is if I get, um, if I get triggered or if I'm emotional for some reason and it just seems that it's out of the blue, I'll actually give myself a little bit of space. I'll acknowledge that emotion. I will talk to it. I literally probably am a crazy person because I talk to myself. Um, and I will be, yeah, I'll talk to the emotion and I will um, look to understand kind of why it is that it's coming to me and be, I'll um, allow myself to reframe it and release it. Um, so it's essentially, it's kind of like what I teach within my, my program as well as um, really, I think that's one of the basic um, things that we can do for ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis. Our emotions are coming to us in that moment to be acknowledged, not acknowledged half an hour later or a day later. Um, so giving yourself just that space, whether it's a minute, it could be 30 seconds just to go, you know what? Okay. I'm feeling afraid. What is it that's coming up for me? Thank you for sharing that. You know what, uh, what also came to mind for me when you were sharing that was I actually just watched a movie about uh, the mom losing the baby and the father ended up, I guess, in a psych ward or something like that. <clears throat> I can't remember who the lady's name is. She's like a comedian. Um, I don't know if you've watched it, but if you haven't, you should definitely check it out. Um, yeah. You're going to have to Google, like, you know, movie with pregnancy, um, <laughs> pregnancy loss, like, because that's what it was about. But it was a really good movie because it spoke about how they could move through because they were really excited. They showed them, like, painting a mural for the baby and everything. And mm -hmm. she had to uh, figure out how to get her husband to come back home because he was staying in the... Uh, the mental asylum, he was beating himself up for this happening. Yeah. And I guess that's another thing that we can, you know, just to, to, to hint on a little bit is, you know, like, uh, also, like, the support for the spouses, mm. you know, and, and how, yeah, like, you know, where their emotions go. Yeah. So a man essentially won't grieve the same way as a woman because you feel they they feel like they have to be that pillar of strength, that person that makes everything function and is in control. When something like that, and, you know, I experienced it with my husband, like when something like this happens, it's out of everyone's control. And the male doesn't, it would, it, I'm assuming it would be very hard to watch your wife go through what they go through. Um, the pain and I remember my husband saying you know he had to hold it all together while I was falling apart to be that person and not and then have your own inner like conflict of emotions and stuff like that as well it would be really hard and you know I often try to bring awareness you know men grieve too and they need the support too it just isn't going to look the same way as a female. They're not going to be sitting on the couch crying. Um, potentially, you know, they're going to be the ones out there trying to fix things or do things and keep busy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, 
knowing that potentially what they're doing is a sign of, of them trying to control everything around them because they can't control what is happening to their partner. Um, and, you know, it really makes me sad thinking back to the day that, that I was in hospital and my husband, you know, being there and just watching everything. Mate. I couldn't imagine what's going on inside of his head, but I know that it wouldn't be easy. Right. Right. And um, so, yeah, sorry. I really, uh, I just wanted to say, like, I really feel like they're, you know, to bring more uh, support to those situations because, mm-hmm. you know, both individuals need or require or, or, you know, the support of, of what, what's going to be uh, happening. Just, just in the same instance, if the baby was there, somebody always comes to help. Uh, mm. and, and learning to just still follow through with those traits that we do because it's still going to be needed. Regardless if the baby mm. showed up or not, you were still preparing for that. So there still yeah. has to be some unfoldment that happens that's going to help you shift instead of just like that dead stop of, oh, well, this isn't happening anymore. So I guess I'm not going to do that. But it's like, mm. but, you know, there's like more to that, you know, like, you, you, we have to have that mental support to still unpack that because now mm. our our life is really changed, you know. Yeah, and we yeah we we still have more uh, to unfold for ourselves, so we don't want to get lost in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're going to need help processing like everything that's that's happened. So this has been, you know, really um, stimulating conversation to really address some uh, not so much spoken about emotions and fears. And I really appreciate you, Sharna, for taking the time out uh, to open up and be as vulnerable as you you have been for us in the audience to, to shed the light on this, because this is really an important topic. And I... I've experienced it uh, around me and I know that these are things that we're going to keep experiencing. So uh, I, I'm mm-hmm. an advocate for mental health and I'm doing uh, Buko's things uh, to, to, to get our people more in alignment with being supportive in that mental health helm realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, as we wrap this up and listen um, to the, the, this the part of the segment where we talk about the empowered tips. What would be the best empowered tips that you like to leave with the audience today uh, so that they can uh, maybe support someone that's dealing with this kind of loss right now or maybe down the line they already have uh, an action step to be supportive for this in, mm. uh, situation? Yeah, so... I guess the best thing I could say is if you do have someone around you that has experienced it to not, not try and fix their pain. It's, I think what people try and do is because it's awkward. The pain is, they don't really know what to say or what to do. So they try and 
offer these like philosophical one-liners that don't necessarily help the woman uh, or the male. So it's um, don't try and fix their problem. Really, they all fix their pain. Just be there for them. You know, um, sit with them in silence. If she doesn't want to talk, cry with her if she just wants to cry. Um, offer to do some chores around the house, bring over some meals. Um, if you don't know what to say, just say that you don't know what to say and that you will just be there for them. Um, and don't ignore their pregnancy. Don't ignore their child. They want to be able to remember their child for the rest of their life. They want to acknowledge their child and their pregnancy. So acknowledge it with them, celebrate the, that, that baby with them as if that baby was actually there. Um, you know, they do want to still remember as if, and as we do when, you know, we lose, um, like when we lost my dad, you always mention them. They're always part of your life. Mm -hmm. They're always part of your stories. Do that for them too. Yeah. Include their baby in your stories too. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, you hit the nail on the head, Sharna. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know we're speaking to someone that, you know, has direct understanding and I appreciate you for being uh, so authentic because it is true, you know, um, celebration shouldn't stop be, due to, due to the experience of grief. <clears throat> I'm advocate of of learning to see how you can bring celebration through the grief. Like those are the mm. moments that you're like, all right, how can I uh, bring celebration? And how I say that is like, you know, uh, one of the things that I had suggested for, uh, you know, my client friend at the time was to create a memorial or uh, a fund or an event that you know mm. really spoke to remembering his life yeah uh, and uh in and even if it's you know through pregnancy loss you can still speak to uh what what the expectations were for the baby at that point mm. and what came out for, from it because you have a beautiful gift that you have connected with the experience of this child, because regardless of how long you had the the child in your presence, you got to experience it at whatever level it was. And because yeah. you got that experience, you, you have this meaningful, purposeful, life-changing moment. And, you know, we can give admiration to that. So I'm an advocate yeah. of, you know, maybe create, like, if you have, if you don't have it or you could create it, I like to call them love altars, maybe put like two or three things there or that, that will mm. help give you uh, a steady presence for them and a, a continuous reminder. I always like mm. to say. So yeah. that, that, that's my suggestion for uh, these kind of situations. And I really appreciate you again. I, I'm, I, I've said it several times, but I appreciate authenticity <laughs> and being able to be vulnerable. And, and that's something that a lot of us are learning how to do. So you being a mm. prime example 
uh, I really want to stress to the audience how uh, important and and how much gratitude feel I feel from you sharing today. So please let the audience know how can they find out more about you and support what you've got going on. Yeah, so um, I'm probably most active over on um, my Instagram, uh, which is just um, at the Institute of Healing underscore PL. Um, I share, like, my social media is like an extension of me. Everything that I feel um, and I find valuable, it's over there. Um, I share value... uh, um, tools and resources that I've used myself and also um, any programs or things that they can access um, are all going to be shared over there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will put whatever she shared with me in the description and you can probably go and click there as well. Uh, And as well, for those of you that are looking to tune into more about what I have to say, please check me out on YouTube, Elite Motivation 411. I do go live. So if you wanted to check me out live in, 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 in real time, I am on Elite Motivation 411 on YouTube at Four 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 Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you all. You are an amazing audience. I love that you are all tuning in from so many different wonderful countries, and especially Australia. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Much love and light. Speak to you soon.